What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Howdy, folks. It's another episode of We'll See You in Hell, your favorite podcast for horror movie, sci-fi, and fantasy film commentary, reviews, discussions, and such. Today, what's on the palette? Well, I'm going to tell you guys what's on the palette or the docket or whatever the fucking expression is. (laughs) Uh, We're going to be reviewing uh, Helen Helen Mirren's uh, Winchester today. Winchester. Uh, I barely knew her. <laughs> I certainly didn't Winchest her. <laughs> and that's my dear friend and partner, Patrick Walsh. Uh, hello, folks. Um, yeah, we are going to talk to you about Winchester. Joe and I, for the first time, uh, dialed it up in Sin City together, Las Vegas, Nevada. I went out. I saw him open for Bobby Slayton. Yes. Uh I tell you, folks, this was a tense evening of comedy. (laughs) Uh, Bobby Slayton's whole thing is, you know, he plays it like it's 1975. He's (laughs) he's going after minorities. He's going after uh, sexualities. He's going after ladies. And uh, Joe kind of went the same way. Oh, I did not. I'm not. It's not a it's not a criticism. You, you, You played to the room. But uh, it was. When did uh, I, at what point did I go after minorities on stage? <laughs> yeah, I, I now, would, but just in fairness, Bobby's a dear friend. Just what Pat is saying is he's an insult comic. He's an insult. Which, comic. which in this day, we all wonder in this day and age, how would a Joan Rivers or a Don Rickles go over? But like he's sure. he's and, very much in that vein. And he's it, the sweetest you know, guy on planet Earth. Yes. I, yeah. In in this day and age, you know, it was uh, it was tense. Uh, the Joe. Um, you know, and and Bobby Slayton just they did material you I don't personally think you would see in L.A. I've done it in here, and uh, you know there were some jaws on the floor. There was a, a, a some heckling. There was a a tense couple minutes where Joe was like, "What'd you say to me? What'd you say to me?" <laughs> it was a wild show. Well, I got heckled over the homeless joke, which yes. I've done many times in L.A. That was a fairly innocent joke. Yeah, right? I, I said she I was, was like, "Boo." 
But I, I yeah, I, I like it stricken from the record, Your Honor. I did not go after minorities and gender. Joe, you, you're taking this too personally. <laughs> I'm just saying it was a, it's a, it's a Vegas showroom. Anything goes. I mean, it. This it's, was the South Point Casino, which uh, was a real trip. Um, it was a fun way off the strip. It was a fun night of of uh, club clubby comedy. You know what yeah. I mean? It was fun. It was very fun. And uh, I, it was a good time. I was happy you were there. The next night, the crowd was much looser. Good. And it was more fun, and it was just more like everybody was kind of enjoying themselves. But this is the thing as a, as a stand-up that does the road. When you start getting pushback at all, yeah, y- your knee-jerk is, well, now I'm, I want to be worse. Right. Uh, so I think that was happening with every comic that night where it was kind of like, well, if you guys are going to be fucking assholes about yeah. tamer jokes, well, then fuck off, you know? Yeah, I mean, my my only my only point is that it was just kind of like a a, a a show I hadn't seen in a while. It was. It yeah, was a, I it get was your point. Evening. You want to talk down? You want to oh, say I'm Christ better than you? Sake, for Christ's uh, sake! Hey, look at me, everybody! Look at my look, big dick. Some people are woke. I'm gesturing to myself. <laughs> some people are still fucking asleep, and I'm gesturing to Mr. Joe DeRosa. I don't care for your cis perspective. <laughs> We did some gambling. It was cool to meet, like, you know, some uh, some of Joe's fans who are just the dregs of society. All right. Can you stop with this, please? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That that guy we gambled with, uh, you know, he was betting 10 grand on the Super Bowl, and he won. That, yeah, he won. So, that guy was awesome. That guy was one of my favorite guys. He's in... Uh, he was coming from Florida. I could have partied with him all weekend. I I, I assumed he had some good I blow. saw him the next day. Yeah. He, uh... Cause we were cause, okay, so so basically, Pat and I were going to go see Sticks with my man, with my agent TJ. Uh, did. I didn't even know if I knew Sticks, but uh, I knew some Sticks. I knew some Sticks, and I turned to Pat halfway through. The, we were going into the show like even my agent when he gave us the tickets was like, "Yeah, you guys probably don't want to come to this," but we were like, yeah. eh, "We'll go. Let's go." It's, we're in Vegas. I'm glad we did. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to like it. Halfway through the show, I turned to Walsh. I go. Uh, I think I love sticks. And yeah. you said, you, yeah, I think so. It was great. But the night before, we were... De- oh, mama, I get here for my love of the law. I'm of the law. That song is awesome. Yeah. Um, the night before, we were playing blackjack with a guy that was at the show. Yeah. Who was the nicest dude in the world. Very cool. But did... In in all fairness, looked like a he looked like he'd be like the bag man in a in a heist movie or That's something. That's why I loved him. Yeah, but uh, we were debating on if Renegade was a stick song or not, and right. nobody knew. But Pat and this guy said that they thought it was. I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, and the dealer was like, "Well, that's KC and the Sunshine Band." I said, "No, it isn't. It's fucking sticks." So we were all just tr- debating this for a good hour at the blackjack table, uh, and then, but then the next day, I was I was walking down to the casino floor, and he that guy came running up to me, the guy, the fan guy, yeah. and he was like, "Joe, the jig is up, the noose is out." There. <laughs> He's oh, like, he "I can't get up. that fucking song out of my head." We were singing it, it sticks, all night. It sticks. We were singing it all night. Yeah, and um. So that was funny. And then also, when I was driving home on Sunday, because Slayton gave me shit the entire weekend about going to see Sticks. Right. He's like, oh, Christ, they suck. Yeah. Ugh. You know, like he just wouldn't let uh, let off. Right. So then uh, I was driving home, and he called me and while I was driving back from Vegas, and I answered the phone, and he just goes, 
lady. <laughs> oh, God, they fucking suck. Yeah. How horrible was it? I go, I was actually great. I was like, I think you would have liked it, man. Well, they didn't play a lady unless we missed we it. We missed it. It was one of the three songs we missed. They did play. Which I was fine with. sailing away. What a fucking song that is. It was a lot of fun. But th- this dude, this is how little I care about football, but, uh, you know, he said he's in town for the Super the Bowl. The Bagman guy. Yeah. He goes, my wife's uh, passed out on edibles upstairs. <laughs> he goes, uh, but I'm dropping 10 grand betting on uh, Philadelphia. And I was like, good luck, man. And when they won, I was over at the Cosmopolitan watching the Super Bowl at a little Super Bowl party, but genuinely not giving a shit. And everybody's cheering, and all I could do was think, that dude just probably made himself a nice chunk of change. I'm how, happy now, what, do you, what do you think he won? Just ten grand, or do you think he won like thirty grand or something? I don't know how that works. No, I mean there's odds and stuff, but you wind up they take a cut. Like you, you have to. I don't know. You you wind up winning maybe. If that's right, I wish I had bet fucking ten grand. But I think if you bet a hundred and they win, you get back like. 80 or something okay so he probably walked with eight grand but there was some sort of point spread and i i have such a uh a gambling bug in my brain that i never even got into sports betting because i'm like if you why if you don't even know what sports are about why would you ever do this so i don't want to learn the rules it's why i won't learn craps I, I don't need more vices i do my blackjack i do my video poker um, I, I, gotta, love, I love to gamble. I I, and time. I got to tell you something, folks. I walked into the casino. They said, sir, we have a craps table. I said, no, thanks. I'll do mine in the bathroom. <laughs> folks. Folks. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I said, uh, hey, where in the casino is your most risky gambling? And they said, uh, well, the buffet's right over there. Folks. <laughs> folks. Joe and I did eat at the South Point Buffet. Uh, I stuck to the fruit largely and fruit and meatballs is what I had. But uh, barbecued meatballs. Don't barbecued leave that. Meatballs. Don't leave that detail out. <laughs> but it comes it, back with it these meatballs. Good. They're covered in a red sauce that was not marinara. It was, they were barbecue meatballs. Yeah. Uh, Look, it it wasn't the, the nicest place, but I I had a nice time. I had fun. I like the South Point because it's it's got that like sort of old downtowny Vegas yeah. Atlantic City kind of vibe. But I also like the Cosmo. We were up at the Cosmo Beautiful. for a night, and it's it's flashy and it's fun and it's cool, and you yeah. feel cool being there. But it's a little out of my league, you know. It's. Their minimum bet table is like twenty five bucks. I right. can't. I just can't. I got I'm a low stakes guy. I'm gotcha. a low stakes guy. And Pat saw we gambled side by side many times that weekend. My luck sucks. Yeah, you just saw what I was getting dealt. I just, I'm yeah. just not. I just have bad luck with it. And, and as you saw, after a lifetime of, of terrible luck, I can't lose at gambling. <laughs> I something snapped in me and. It was the kind of thing just where just pictured a, a, an arrow coming through the oh, crashing of through the sliding door. You always door say that, and then in your head, something happens. But uh, I mean, it was the kind of weekend where, like, I'm at the South Point. I sit down. I beat Joe there, and I texted him like, "I'm just sitting down. I'm here." And I immediately get a royal flush. I don't even want to tell you how much I won, but it was sick. I got to be honest. I don't care to hear again. I how know much you won because it made me sick. There, but then it, Pat I'm, won so much. I swear to God, this is true. And I said this to Kurt Braunohler the other day. Yeah. Pat won so much money in Vegas, I honestly contemplated saying to him, just give me $1,000. <laughs> what does it matter? That, I, and just I got to tell you. Give me $1,000. That is how people 
treat you when you're winning money. And I've got a story about that uh, as well. But it was the kind of night, and this is what happens when I go to Vegas. I was walking up to bed, me and Joe, and Joe goes in to buy some, you know, lube or something at the gift shop. And while I'm waiting for him, because I'm a compulsive gambler, I sit down to put $20 in this slot machine. I don't even like playing slots. And while I'm waiting for Joe, I push the button. I win $86. I don't even know what I did. And I just cashed out and was like, that's just an additional $66 I just won before going to bed. Oh, for God's sakes. But anyway, here's a here's a little story about, about society. It's a story with a, a larger point to make. So Joe went home Sunday morning, and I stayed a couple extra days at the Cosmo. I went to the Super Bowl party, and I gambled. Having a nice time, and I, I go over to Planet Hollywood. It's a little more fun, a little more vibrant. And I'm gambling, and I win a jack- jackpot. I'm sorry, folks. Of $3,010. Jesus Christ. And I'm like, woo! Excited. I'm sitting there. I'm waiting for them to bring me out the money. They bring you out and hand you the cash. Right. This woman comes and sits next to me. I she's She looks like she's in between having a home and being homeless. Uh-huh. And sure enough, that's exactly what the, what the case was. And she's like, how are you? She goes, uh, I'm having the worst luck. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 36 years old. Uh, how old are you? I'm like, yeah, I'm the same age. Right. She goes, boy, we're in two different places. I mean, I just moved out here from Staten Island. I, I, I but my, my boyfriend was supposed to meet me, and then he, he dumped me. I got no place to live. Right. I got three so this kids. Was a, this was a Neil Simon character yeah, set down exactly. the table. Exactly. Okay. I got the you know three kids back home and you know obviously you know one of them's one of them's twenty one I'm like okay you're thirty six all right she's a, <laughs> but but she's got no money to send me and uh, you know then uh, no my, money to send me they could t- to still be college roommates for Christ's <laughs> sakes talk about goes, back to school <laughs> she goes my mom you know she she's uh, laid up and sick and she's got no money to send me and I I'm stranded out here and the details of the story are not quite adding up. Course, you know, I'm like, yeah. why did you move to Vegas without having a home? But yeah, Something's up here. We're talking, and the frustrating thing is when you win a nice-sized jackpot like that, they intentionally take forever bringing it out in the hopes that you will lose it. Will lose it because you're, you're on the high of winning. So I'm sitting in there, and for 20 minutes, this woman <sighs> is bitching about her life to me, and it didn't have the feeling of sadness because it felt like a hustle to me. But I'm like, okay, that's that's really bad. And I, I'm saying, like, look, I wish you the best. I'm so sorry. I'm hoping for you. She goes, I got to tell you, I mean, like like you right here, you, you got $3,000. I mean, it, if you gave me just, you know, 300 of it, you know, it, that <laughs> – that, that's my that's my first dinner in a week and a plane ticket home, you know I, I can get a plane ticket home for two fifty. So you'd really be doing me a favor with that three hundred. And I'm like, so we're just skipping right b- beyond like, hey, could I have a little money? Right. She's waiting for me to offer it to her. We're asking for a specific large dollar amount, but you could tell in her mind she's like, what do you need it for? You just got three thousand dollars. Right. I won it. Right. I gambled and I won. That's what you're supposed to do. Do I donate to charity each year? I absolutely do. Am I going to hand it to this woman? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think. I Now, in all fairness, I don't think throwing a $20 chip in a homeless man's face outside of the casino counts as <laughs> donating to charity. Uh, he appreciated it. And then also, it doesn't help that you say get a job as you do it. <laughs> wiped, wiped it through the crack of my ass and threw it up. <laughs> 
But no, I'm talking. I'm talking to this woman, and I'm I'm saying just nice, sweet things to her, and I'm I'm honestly wondering where it's going to go because sure. in Vegas, a lot of times you're talking to someone, and the it, it, they the other hammer drops. I'm a prostitute. I'm this. I'm that. And I'm like, where is this going? And finally, she says to me, like, I just you, you could really change my life here. You could really you could save my life. And she's trying to like look me in the eyes, and I'm not looking her in the eye. And I'm essentially whistling. I pretend to get a phone call. I stand up, oh, so I'm like, Jesus. hey, yeah, I'll be over there in a little bit. Yeah, no, no. Oh, okay. Doing the whole bit. A completely made-up phone call. Right. Because I'm still waiting for them to bring out my money. Then I'm going to be sitting next to this woman with three grand in my pocket, who's basically like, she said to me at one point, I mean, I- I'm not somebody who's going to steal. You know, I don't ever want to be somebody who steals. She's drinking an extra large, like forty-four ounce Starbucks iced coffee. This is their cooler that they sent over. There's something going on. It's their cooler. They come out. They hand me the money. They want to give it to you all in hundreds. Oof. They do. I'm putting it into my wallet, and then at the end, I said, "Hey, could I get twenties for this hundred, whatever?" I said. They hand it to me. I give the woman twenty dollars. She's sitting there for a minute, and she goes, "Oh, so, <laughs> so it's just just gonna be a 20? I love that. Wow, that's 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 guts. This is a complete stranger that I am handing twenty dollars, right? Who honestly, I think is just bullshitting me, frankly. Of course, yeah. But and you know, uh, I was and like, that's uh, the sad state of the world we're in. You have to window shop homeless people at right. this point because right. because there's so many people that are taking advantage of." It's disgusting. It's That's a horrible right. reality we live in. I give her the $20. She's seeming like very disappointed. And she walks a little bit away, kind of looks back at me, gets out the cell phone and is talking on her cell phone with this giant Starbucks. I'm like, is somebody going to slit my fucking throat now? This yep. is where Vegas, it always takes a turn. This is like 4 p.m., like on a beautiful day, you know, like. There's always this weird element there that's just uncomfortable. Sure. So she walks away, and I'm sitting there, and I'm excited with my three grand. I'm like, I need to get out of here. And they go, oh, shoot, we didn't bring you your W-2. They have to hand you a W-2. They go go back to get it. This woman comes up. She goes, can I get you a drink? Bartender there. The the drinks are free in Vegas if you're gambling, and you tip them all a dollar. This is what everyone knows, dollar a drink. It's standard if you're a billionaire or poor, you have to tip them a dollar. It's a free drink. Of course, drink. yeah, yeah. She co- this lady comes over, you know, big sassy broad. She mm-hmm. goes, uh, can I get you anything, honey? And I go, ah, no, I'm good. And I go, you know what? I got another wait while they go up to get my uh, my form. Sure. I said, I- I'll have a vodka soda. She goes, okay. Comes back with it. She goes, oh, look at you. You won. Because it's still flashing. Hey, everybody, this guy just won 3,000 cash. <laughs> she goes, look at you. Big winner here. Big winner. And I go, yeah. Um, then I hand her the 20, and I said, uh, can I get change, please, to tip you? She goes, like, puts her head so far away from me like she's going to puke. Right. Leans back, and she goes, you just won $3,000, and you need change for the tip? What were you going to tip her, just out of curiosity? Five? Yeah. I but I, I mean I'm just sort of like staring at her and I go, well yeah I said I I, I have hundred I go I, I I this is what I have is a twenty she says you can't just give me the twenty you just won three grand 
I go, you know what, lady, t- take the 20. <laughs> she puts it in her pocket and walks away. Hand, hands are drink, shaking the head. Then she comes over and she's like, you good, sweetie? You need another one? I go, no, I'm fine. Wow. Walks away. I'm like, I'm getting shook fucking down here. Well, I, don't know who, I don't know who I agree with in this. The, the, the first one, I agreed with you. The second one. I, I have to tip a waitress $20 for a drink that she walks a foot away to get <laughs> and hands me. Simply because I won money? All right. Fair enough. It's insane to me. Fair enough. I mean, I'm not a cheap man. I am a very good tipper. I go over 20%. But everyone knows the arrangement is a dollar. Me winning doesn't mean a, look, everyone around me is suddenly gross, owed a lot of money. It's a gross town, and it's filled with hustlers and people that are looking for breaks and whatever. And it's you know you're going to encounter that a little bit. In both cases, I gave complete strangers who did essentially nothing for me twenty dollars cash, and in both cases, they treated me like I was an asshole. Well, that's shitty. I mean, I don't even know what to say here. But That's shitty. I'm not in the wrong in that scenario. I think you've said enough. And if I frankly. had a hundred in my pocket and I ask her for change, is that the same scenario? I don't know. It's a weird town. It's a dirty, weird town. It's a dirty, weird town. That's absolutely. You know, right. it's it's you know, dirty, weird town. <laughs> it's the Pope. Uh, I don't mean to rush us along here, but Go we've ahead. got a couple segments we need to get to. Rush Limbaugh over and, uh, the Rush fir- Hour 2. The first there. I'd like to drop, and I'm rearranging things a little bit, but I'd like us, per your suggestion and my total agreement, we need to do a very special Crane Shots today. A very special Crane Shots, and I wish we were playing a mournful organ tossed salad and scrambled eggs behind <laughs> us. <laughs> As we talk, but but uh, J- the great John Mahoney is passed. Who played Martin Crane on Frasier, the dad, and uh, I-, I am literally still sad. I-, I I got this news about a week ago. By the time this comes out, it'll be a few weeks, I think. But I'm very sad about that. I was too. He's the heart and soul of the show. Uh, I just today finished season one, which I know it gets better from there, but it was was entertaining, of course. Uh. You know, Frazier tweet uh, everything about him. I was like almost emotional. Frazier's or Kelsey Grammer tweets, "He was my dad. I loved him." <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, yeah, I know. Uh, and then Perry, everybody had a great story. To Perry tell about Gilpin the tweeted the picture of him singing at her wedding, yeah. and you're like, Jesus Christ! It's, yeah. it's it's so sad. It was very sad. I mean, he he lived a full life, but. The, the until other, the day almost that he died, acted yeah. he acted like went into hospice like he was about to open in a in a play. That yeah, night. it was crazy. He uh, he was just an awesome actor. Some some movie performances I could call out. He's really great in Moonstruck um, as the philandering husband. Everybody kept saying say anything. I, I I didn't. He's awesome and say anything. Who is he and say anything? He is the girl's dad who the whole movie, this like sweet romantic comedy, he's like kind of the tough ass dad. And then in the third act, it is revealed that he has been ripping off the senior citizens at the old folks home he runs and taking their money. Uh huh. And uh, he's got like a scene where he's like, you know, taking a leave in Las Vegas shower, like sitting in, in his clothes in the bathtub crying. Oh, uh, it's, it's an amazing performance in a, in a one of my all time favorite romantic comedies. Uh, I love him in Barton Fink. He is awesome in Barton Fink. He was good in everything he ever did. He was yeah. a great actor. And uh, 
you know, the fact that he's best known for Martin Crane, I'm sure he'd be happy about that because it was uh, a hell of a character. I agree. And I will uh, keep this crane shots brief with my uh, favorite, uh, reminiscing about my favorite Martin Crane scenario that I've ever seen on the show, which was when uh, Frazier and Niles discover a shoebox uh, that's Martin's, and he won't tell them what's in it. And then they find out what's in it is there's the there's songs that he wrote for Frank Sinatra throughout his life. Yeah, I remember that one. And... Uh, He's like, ah, it's stupid. I don't want to tell you know, and they're like, Dad, let's put one to music. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I think the song is called like, she's a groovy. She's lady. a groovy lady. Yeah. That's the one he wants to do more. And the lyrics are are absurd. It's just like she makes my heart go babby booby, <laughs> like uh-huh. ridiculous. But the the funniest part in the whole thing is him trying to. Uh, instruct Niles what to do like orchestrally with the piano like how the music's supposed to go and like Niles will like play this these chords and he's like no not like that it's gotta go swabity beep bop boom swag uh-huh and it's a very very funny I'm excited to get to it uh I'm a Sinatra fan and uh yes. I I that was a very very funny joke and then there's a, there's a line he has in another episode where he, they're at a breakfast buffet and he comes back with his plate and he goes, he goes, look, Frage, pigs in a blanket on an omelet pillow. And oh, look, it's snowed cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Marty Crane, rest in peace. We'll miss you, Mahoney. John Mahoney. Uh, Fantastic actor. Into Pat's movie corner. Uh, I've got nothing for it. I'll, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll keep it brief. I saw a couple things. All right, here's the deal. So my my good friend Brett, we're going to see a picture, and we're at the we're meet up at the cheesecake over at the Glendale uh-huh. uh, for my first meal of solid food in ten days. I, I had the salad because you were doing the fast, right, or the cleanse, excuse me. And we're looking through these titles, and I'm like. We might just have to pack it in unless yeah. we want to see something for a second time. There was nothing well, to see. I remember the day you went. I was like, "There's what are you going to go see? There's nothing to play. We're about to see Paddington 2, which people have been raving Jesus about. Christ. And we're like, we're two grown men. I, I mean, we can't do this. And Brett goes, look, you're going to make fun of me. But my favorite movie, perhaps, of the year was Hugh Jackman, The Greatest Showman. Oh, my God. A musical about P.T. Barnum. Right. I laughed, but, you know, I have similar taste to this guy. I'm like, really? It's good? He goes, it's really good. I don't hate the occasional musical. I think there's there's been almost no good ones in recent years. But I'm like, well, I'll trust you on it. I didn't even consider that an option, but let's go. This thing's been critically panned. You know, it didn't even do well money-wise. I didn't even know Michelle Williams was in it. She's the lead in it with him. Oh, I didn't know that. I sit down to this thing. The opening number starts up. I got both elbows on my knees, enchanted, <laughs> leaning into the screen, riveted. And there were people there who were clearly seeing it for their 20th time. Really? You know, like singing the songs and shit. I thought it was great. <laughs> And it is such a testament to how, like, critics can just 
immediately just shit on something and then you just never think of it again. Right. I mean, it's so good and especially if a critic's job is supposed to be evaluating something within its genre. If you're evaluating this thing as a modern day musical, <laughs> it's the best one in 15 years. Well, now I want to see it. It's it's extremely entertaining. Uh, now, and please. the songs are great. It's the same guys who wrote the music for La La Land, which I don't think was the strongest part of that movie. But these are good songs. And then also, you're getting like lavish dancing musical numbers by circus freaks. Bearded Lady. Oh, I love dwarves. that. All right. And they have their whole story of like their um, complete outcast in the town. Yeah. And he's like, come on, come do this for me. And they're like, you're just going to exploit us and laugh at us, which is, of course, what P.T. Barnum did. There's a little revisionist history here sure he assures him that's not the case but as he starts getting more and more successful he becomes an asshole and the way these old musicals used to be he's he's abandoning his wife and kids that he's not letting the freaks into the fancy parties he's getting invited to now yeah yeah i tell you i love the story i loved him and michelle williams and i love the songs i thought it was a great movie now please i'm, I'm overselling it a bit it's a b plus but if you like musicals at all, there's no way you would not like this movie. And I'm really confused as to the critical response. There's some of the we're just there's like cool dancing and singing. I had a good time. I don't know what to say. Please tell me there's a bustling sort of tension tension number. It's showtime. Got to get <laughs> these elephants washed. Why isn't the clown on the rope yet? Is there one of, of those? Things? I mean, the, the first number is like. The curtain's going up. Yeah. Snaps, you know. Uh, it's, All right. It's really entertaining. All right, I'll, uh, I'll check it out. And I'd say it's one to see at the theater. It's a, it's a spectacle, and there's, there's you know, trapeze artists and all kinds of shit. It's fun. Very good. It's fun. Pat, I, uh, I'm bringing back an old segment we haven't done in a while. You're not even, you don't even have one for uh... No, but that's why I'm bringing back this old segment. Okay. Because I haven't really been watching much. I've been playing a lot of video games, not watching much. And, all right. And, uh... I thought I could do a scary stuff, but I'd actually like to bring in the, an old segment that never had a title. Remember we said we were going to do news stuff yes. that was horror-related, uh, like horror movie-related, I mean. So a new segment called News Psycho, as in yes. News Cycle. Like News Cycle. There you go. Yeah. Pat, I can't wait to talk to you about this, because folks, i got to be honest with you, our review of Winchester is going to be pretty goddamn brief. Uh, it's I, I, I dread even having to talk about it. We'll get yeah. to it. Shape of Water, we've discussed it at length on this show. Shape of Water. We've discussed the disturbing nature of an Oscar-nominated film <laughs> having a bestiality scene in it. Uh, it's the whole plot of the film. Yeah. Uh, there is for sale, and it is selling like hotcakes, Okay, where they're tweeting like, get it now, because we just did a repro, and... Uh, they're going to be gone again. A Shape of Water-inspired dildo. <laughs> oh, no. That is a green and blue dick. Assumingly the fish's dick. Are there scales? No, it looks sort of like a human dick. Okay. But it sort of doesn't. And it's Sizable. green and blue. Yeah, it's Girthy. huge. Okay. Yeah. People are buying this to fuck it. People oh, are buying dear. this thing to fuck it. Do they have on the box Octavia Spencer going like, what's that fish dick look like? <laughs> uh, the review this I read. Essentially one of her lines in this 
front runner for best picture. Or the article I read about it said like said like this is even a gag in the movie. Like Octavia yeah. Spencer uh, japes about the fish dick or whatever. Yeah. And then it said uh, it's the front runner for best picture. Yeah, and it said if you're, it, and it literally said this in the article. Hey, apparently there are many people out there that are envious of the woman that gets to fuck the fish. So there, these people are buying a fit. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I, I mean, I get it as a gag gift, um, but you just know there are people who that movie was like. Thank God someone gets me and my desire to fuck a fish man, and the dildo is just the cherry on top. That's Here, troubling. Here's why it needs to stop. Here's why it needs to stop. Because we need to remain a progressive society. Yeah. And when this starts happening, when the fish dick dildo craze starts happening, yeah, it means that my <laughs> grandfather, who was angry and hated everything was close-minded and prejudiced it means there was a, a a hair of value in his argument when he would go well what's next you gonna fuck fish yeah <laughs> and our, our answer was you know what yeah and we all said no that's ridiculous we need right. to be progressive stop it that's got nothing to do with it we guys we have to put a stop to fish fucking fantasies. It's not right. I it's agree. weird. It's weird. Please, can we just keep it amongst the humans? <laughs> Joe, you're going to get no disagreement from me on this point. <laughs> that is our new segment, News Psycho. It was the best I could do. On I, I don't hate it. Uh, you said on the other podcast it sounds like Barbara Walters saying cycle. Which no I, psycho. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with. How uh, about uh, Scream NN? I, I like new cycle. We'll stick with I it. I don't. Well, listen, I'm just trying to think. I, I tell you, I, I always was sort of indifferent to Barbara Walters, and I have such hatred for her now after watching that clip, because that's another one for Pat's Movie Corner. I finally watched that documentary about the undercover pedophile ring that they're showing for free. Because they couldn't get a release for it, it names names of people. Of it's PG thirteen. Believe me, I did not want to download the movie. No, no, no. But it names. What do you mean? It names like of people in like Hollywood. It's or a something? documentary. Much. It's by the same woman who made uh, "Deliver Us from Evil," which was the documentary about the sex scandal in the Catholic Church. Okay. Um, and it is about the pedophilia pandemic in Hollywood, and they name names. These actors. These. Uh, you oh, know, who do they name? Dish the dirt. Well, that's the thing. I think due to fear of lawsuits on such a low-budget movie, they're naming names that are pretty low in the totem pole. Okay. But they're guys who are still working. The The one that's supposed to topple uh, Nickelodeon is this guy Dan Schneider. Okay. Who runs all these Nickelodeon shows. He's this big fat guy. Oh, the guy from Head of the Class? The guy from Head of the Class. Oh, no. Really? Not, not just really, but like... Uh, he gets in. He finds out, you know, people with like weak stage mom parents. These, oh. these beautiful young girls, including Ariana Grande and all these people, and fucks them, molests them. He has a foot fetish. He'll he'll oh. he's still while this is all going on. He'll tweet uh, on Twitter, send me pictures of your feet. He he's he's that guy who's asking these young girls that are his audience to do that. As he runs children's TV shows, he's Correct. publicly saying, 
indulge me in my fetish. Correct. And one of the actors from those sh- from those shows uh, is a convicted child molester who still works like side by side with him. Who and what the, they do is they start wait, giving... Wait, it's not the other guy from Head of the Class, not, is it? No. No one from Head of the Class. No, no, no. Because he was on Head of the Class, but then the other guy... The guy that played like the leather jacket kid on Head of the Class also used to work with him in doing like well, kids' name? TV I mean, shows. Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't want to incriminate I the guy. I think they would have yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, let's not. But um, they, they have so much stuff. And they go into Brian Singer and stuff like that as well. Good. But... Um, Dan Schneider, Jamie Lynn Spears, who is Britney Spears' sister, the rumor that is apparently about to be broken by Ronan Farrow, that's the the thing that eventually topples it because these people all sign these agreements, and the parents get so addicted to the money, they don't even report the stuff when it comes out. Jesus Christ. So I forgot to mute the TV (laughs) again. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Jamie Lynn Spears' baby is allegedly... And this is apparently just waiting to break his baby that he impregnated her when she was a child. The fat guy's baby. And she never said who the father was. She's a big celebrity. Um, That is that is the rumor there. Amanda Bynes, who everyone mocked for years. Oh, this crazy bitch. She's insane. Look at what she's writing on Twitter. Right. She has started to come out and start tweeting and saying, like, I'm an adult now and I may have been under an NDA, but I'm not anymore. Ah, uh, this guy raped me, et cetera, et cetera. Jesus Christ. And it it appears to be about toppling. If you want to watch this video uh, or this feature-length movie, um, you Google it, but that's if that's something you want to put into your Google search. I did not. I, I definitely toyed with not doing that. But it's a legitimate movie, and you can well, watch I mean, it it's for not, free. It's not a child porn movie. It's a movie saying... It's actually a PG-13 movie, yeah. I think, to to cover that. But also, what it, what's this got to do with Barbara Walters, though? Because she's on the thing. I, I think I talked about this on a previous one where this is I always go on these tangents. But uh, Corey Feldman is on there trying to talk to her about it. And she keeps cutting him off oh, okay. and going like, you're trying to throw an entire industry under the bus and you should be ashamed of yourself. You should telling Corey Feldman, who's saying I was molested by right, these people. Right. You're you're uh, you're making a fool of yourself. I, I thought she was disgusting. And this happened like two years ago. It's not like Jesus a 70s Christ. clip. She regrets. Um. Anyway, that's not not a fun watch, but if you, I mean, you know, there people have been talking about this shit for a long time, and I think there's got to be at least some truth to it. So, well, after you hear that, the fish dildo doesn't sound so bad. Look, I'd certainly prefer someone make love to a fish dildo than a child. Oh my lord! You know that's true. Uh, there was a man. Apparently, the video's gone viral in some some respect that uh, in Philly that ate horse shit after the Eagles uh-huh. won. Yeah, saw that. I didn't saw see it, it yet. But my friend was talking about it and kind of saying it was discuss- it was, you know, it was weird and I I said who's he hurting? I agree. <laughs> He's not hurting anybody. Who's he hurting? He's eating shit over the horse. Yeah. He's not doing anything to the Look, to the horse. We all celebrate in different ways. <laughs> uh, that movie by the way is called An Open Secret. It's free because they want people to see it. Where can you see it? Like on YouTube? Google an open secret free, and it's they, they tell you at the top, this is a PG-13 movie. We want people to see it and get the word out. Please watch. It's okay. free. Check it out if you want. Uh, and on to our review of something almost as tragic as what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, it's a little film called Winchester starring Helen Mirren. Uh about Lady Winchester, the 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 widow of the guy, Mister Winchester, whatever his name was, yeah. 
who created the Winchester rifle. Right. And uh, the family, you know, had a lot of uh, so-called blood on their hands because this rifle was used in uh, a lot of uh, the, the slaughtering of many people and in wars and all these things. Uh, Lady Winchester in her later years now widowed feels tremendously guilty about it and has built what is known as the Winchester secret house. I think it's called. Um, now I have early in my relationship with Heather, uh, she got us a weekend getaway to Monterey. And one of the sites she planned on this weekend getaway was the Winchester house. Uh So I have been there. And I texted Heather that I was going to see it, and she was like, oh, apparently they shot some of it in the house. See if any of it looks familiar. And I was like, oh, right. Fuck. I've been to the Winchester house. Okay. And I got this text right before the movie started. So I was really excited to watch it because I really enjoy. That's a great tour to take if you're in Northern California. It's really fun and cool and creepy. Um, But, boy, this movie... Well, here's the problem. So if you don't know the story, the reason this house is so renowned is that she had a she she built it 20, literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They were continually constructing rooms, deconstructing rooms. They'd build something, then they'd demolish it. And her take on this was these rooms were being some people say she was building the room so to make the house maze like so the so the ghosts of the dead that were slaughtered couldn't find her right. and haunt her uh, in the movie they say she was building these rooms because it was a it was a giving the ghosts a chance to come home and and have their reckoning and and be at peace and and they you know they could forgive her or whatever Um, look, it's a tremendously interesting story. It's a fascinating backstory with a fantastic social commentary that they yeah. do at one point mention in the movie, which is, look, you, you, you can't have guilt. You can't be guilty for somebody using your product in the wrong way. That's not your fault. Right. There was a lot of opportunity here to, to kind of hear both sides of that argument to examine the paranoia of this woman to 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 delve into whether it was justified or not to delve into whether or not this place was actually haunted or not and at the end of the day i thought it was going to be essentially sort of like a fox catcher with like horror elements like let's go into the world of this billionaire would have loved that because i fucking love fox you know who lives in this weird sprawling estate and is very uh enigmatic and 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 reclusive and and we don't know where this is going to go and if they're stable or what it, I, I was so excited and they took this thing and they turned it into a definite horror movie conjuring ripoff and it sucked it fucking sucked they made it so there was no doubt that the place was haunted everybody is seeing the ghosts yeah People that don't believe in ghosts are interacting with ghosts who are posing as butlers in the house. Right. The scares were cheap. The scares. I mean, there was nothing even remotely scary. It sucked. The the guy is Jason Clark, the guy from uh, Zero Dark Thirty, and a great show that I, for some reason, keep mentioning on here called Brotherhood, this show that used to be on Showtime. He was also Connor in Terminator Genesis. Yes. Um. 
I liked him in this movie. I liked Helen Mirren. They're, they do what they can, because I, I do try to say something positive. But to tell you how forgettable and empty and just like joyless this movie was, Joe and I saw this movie on Saturday morning. We, we This hotel had a theater in it, which was kind of cool. With the intent to then review it for the podcast. Right. We watched the movie on Saturday. Last night, Thursday night, I'm like, so what do we want to do on this podcast? And Joe's like, Winchester. <laughs> I had forgotten that I had seen it. And I'm not kidding you. I had forgotten that I had seen a movie I saw four days prior because that is it, the perfect word for this thing is forgettable. It's not like it's terribly shot or something like that. It's just the most boring, forgettable telling of a really cool story, and and I think we both agree it could have been an awesome movie. And it started it started cool. The opening is creepy. Yeah, it's the time period's kind of interesting. But. There's weird shots before you get to meet the character. There's weird shots of Helen Mirren walking around the house with a candle and a black veil, and it's it's really cool and creepy and whatever. And then they get into the house, and as soon as as soon as the, John Connor gets into the house. It is immediately just like, oh, who gives a shit anymore? Like, yeah. he's seeing ghosts immediately in that. Well, fuck this. This is stupid. Yeah. Um, and then they'll introduce something cool, like that little uh, uh, intercom system. So she's like, these, uh, each one of these tubes goes to a different room of the house. If you whisper into the tube, the person in that room will hear it. Yeah, it's like 1902 or whatever. Right. So you're like, oh, that's, that's really cool. You're like, what a great setup for some cool horror action coming up. And they do fucking nothing with it. The movie sucks, people. It, it's, uh, a, it's a must miss. Yeah, I can't. I was just going to say, I can't. I can't in any way recommend anybody to see this thing. Two it, hogs. It, it had a. I think it had about a ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I try to give stuff the benefit of the doubt, uh, and I really went. And again, first fifteen twenty minutes, I was in, and then this fucking thing went from nowhere to worse. Folks, uh, Winchester, more like lose Chester. <laughs> Right. Uh, which, speaking of which, of other poorly reviewed films that we'll be discussing at some point on this podcast, I haven't watched it yet, but The Cloverfield Paradox is now at, a, I think, at a 13% or something on Rotten Tomatoes. People are really saying it sucks. People hate it, but that is one that we will definitely do because I really liked Cloverfield and I really loved Cloverfield Lane, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, so I'm excited to watch it. We'll be doing that as well. Well, apparently the problem is is that the last clo- this happened with Clover- Cloverfield Lane and it worked. Yeah, it was a movie called The Cellar. Right, right, right. They shoved it into Cloverfield. It worked. Right. They said this one was also a different movie. They okay. shoved it in. And they're like, yeah, it doesn't. It's just a shitty sci-fi movie. Yeah. You know. So I, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I'm curious to see. Curious as well. And also coming up, we have uh, we're going to do Blade and Blade Two. Um, I think that's that's pretty much it, folks. Also, the bonus Patreon episode this month is a return to the commentary format. We just recorded it. It's very, very funny, and it is uh, the craft. I yes. uh, I put out a a, a request for um, requests for that film, and all of you fucked that up. <laughs> so we just decided <laughs> to do the craft. Um. So check that out. It's Patreon. You can sign up at Joe the address if you will. Uh, Patreon.com slash W S 
Y-I-H-Pod. There it is. Uh, there's also uh, merch available now. The Hog House. At the Hog House store on Etsy. Uh, and that's it, right? I think. We're on Instagram, uh, See You in Hell Pod. We're on Twitter, W-S-Y-I-H Pod. Uh, and that's it. I'm, uh, yeah. Anyway, oh, and I'm doing a big tour in April, so uh, I'm going to be posting the date soon, releasing. They might actually be out now by the time this comes out, but uh, I'll probably be coming through your town if you're in the Northwest, Midwest region uh, in April. Joe DeRosa Comedy on Twitter and Instagram, Joe DeRosa Info for tour details. I'm the Patrick Walsh, Twitter and Instagram. And when this airs, I think we should be getting very close to the premiere on February 26th of Living Biblically. It airs on CBS. It airs at 9.30 p.m., 8.30 Central. It's a very funny show, folks. I hope you watch and tell your friends because apparently they're not doing a lot of advertising for it. Um, Thank you very much. I didn't do On With The Joe, so I'll just simply say On With The Joe. I'm sorry about that. Sometimes we forget. Put a little more into it than that. <laughs> Jesus well, Christ. You can't just, stay on with the Joe when the sh- when the Joe is over. How about, and that's our Joe, and we end there. And that's our Joe. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>